Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are recording late night, April 26, 2017. I am Pat Donovan, joined as always by Nick Ligatino. Hello out there and join me to the land of make-believe. <laughs> Nick is podcasting in the dark right now. It is yes. very weird. <laughs> yes, and you, and you and you sound like Mr. Rogers whenever you do the intro. It's the best. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> All right, so we have a uh, jam-packed show for you tonight. We've got some news and notes, and we're going to run through all aspects of buying and selling, buying low, buying high, selling high, selling low on players, and give you your um, or or our picks for the weekend DFS slate. So without further ado, the big news item, Madison Bumgarner. Uh, Dirt bike accident, shoulder sprain to his throwing shoulder. Six to eight weeks is the time frame that has been tossed around. Um, They are not going to do surgery, uh, just rest and rehab. But it is not clear if that six to eight week time frame includes rehab at this point. All right, so... Let's spend some time here because I know that you own Bumgarner um, in our primary home league, and uh, I think it would be helpful for us to dive deep into this because I think this is where people really need to help. So are you trying to trade Bumgarner, and who are you targeting? Uh, first off, I'm, I'd much rather – if I don't own Mad Bum, I'm buying Mad Bum without a doubt. It's hard to sell him, though. Uh, for me, it would really, you know, you you heard some of my asking prices the other day. I, I just, I still hold him a lot higher. I I believe that Mad Bum is a type of guy who is extremely gritty, is extremely hardworking, and I truly believe that he will be back earlier than the eight weeks. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm I'm fairly confident in that as actually. Um, and it's it's just hard to sell. It's hard to sell. I mean, what kind of offers are you getting right now? People just people are afraid. I, I'm not, so I'm buying without a doubt. If if I think the owner should listen. I mean, I think you should always listen, regardless of the player. Um, but I don't know if you're gonna like what you hear. Yeah, you threw out Quintana Quintana the other day as a name. I like that deal a lot for the Bumgarner owner, but I'm just not sure it's feasible. Um, yeah, I think the Phillies' arms make a nice target, Eikhoff and Nola, um, in particular. But again, it, people are scared, and it's understandable. I'm very nervous about it. You know, I, I, I'm not keen on buying him because it's shoulder injury, it's his throwing arm. Um, you know, I yeah, know but, he's tough, but. And what I said to you in the chat, in our, in our private chat, was like, your team would be so good with mad, with a healthy Mad Bum. And I just think it's worth the risk. Like, you're not sitting on a, on a minor league player who hasn't played. You're sitting on a guy who you know is going to come out. And, and Yeah, but, and I do, but that's just it, though. I don't know that now. But that's why now is the time to buy. Because if you – let's just say – I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a guy – Maybe all right, Andrew Miller, who's who's kind of struggling right now. If you want Andrew Miller, you're not moving him for Mad Bum. 
I mean, I might move I Andrew s- Miller, but he's a relief pitcher. No, I understand that. I, I'm just I'm just throwing out a pitcher name. So, all right, what if you own Gaussman? Are you trading Gaussman for Medbum? Yeah, I think Gaussman Gaussman falls into that Eikhoff Nola group. Okay. Um, okay, so let's let's delve a little deeper here. If Bumgarner is your ace, and let's say that you went bat heavy with one ace. What is your plan of attack? And real quick, before I get to that, your first question, I didn't even answer. But guys that I'm targeting that aren't on waivers, uh, Kyle Hendricks off to a bad start. Quintana, as you mentioned. Tanaka, definitely a guy to target who has some of the injury scare and is off to a bad start. People might be scared of that. I would definitely target him. Kent Ameda, Gaussman, and even John Lackey. Um, and like a deal that I like is if you are a Mad Bum owner and you own a guy like, let's just say, Christian Yelich off to a really hot start. Maybe move him for a Meta-Gaussman combo. Um, if I own Thames, I, I, I'm, I'm selling Thames, but we'll get to him in a minute. So as far as the Mad Bump situation, at first, I completely panicked. and I was like, oh my god, this is... I gotta sell everybody and rearrange my team, but then I, I'm more set up for this. I have the te- a team that can handle it. If you're a Mad Bump owner and you drafted him as your ace, and then you waited and drafted, like, I don't know, uh, Sonny Gray with your, you know, two, and Robbie Ray and Gray and those guys. Um, I just rhymed three different pitches for some reason, but let's see. Those are your guys. Uh, You have got some work to do. Uh, And what I think a a helpful strategy is, is to focus on accumulating stats. So sell what you got, try to get saves, all right? Try and focus on getting saves. That's one category you could focus on locking up every week. Pick up some lower-end guys, got maybe guys that people aren't really sold on yet, like Jim Johnson, who will be good, et cetera, et cetera. Sean Kelly, who's going to run away with that job. Uh, grab guys who are innings eaters that also don't have much value, who could get you quality starts, like a Jake Odorizzi, uh, those guys down the line, and also stock up on – Middle relievers who don't have that much, um, you know, fantasy value, and you know, Bearclaw, Brock. Um, if you combine those two guys, you have an ace right there. Uh, there are a lot of different ways to go with this. You could blow up the rest of your pitchers and completely focus on offense and try and dominate all those categories, but I wouldn't recommend that because offense week to week, you never know. Pitching is more consistent, so I would probably go out and try and get saves so I could definitely win saves. I would get some relievers who could get me good whip, good good ERA, all, all good K to walk. Um, and, yeah, make some make some big-time moves. You're, you're, you're screwed the next couple of months. It sucks. Yeah, I, I think in this scenario where you're somewhat bat-heavy, I actually feel the opposite. I think I would double down on the approach and try and ride out the storm. Um, maybe by streaming guys in and out. And maybe that's the same thing, you know, going playing the volume game in pitching as opposed to um, trying to find a guy to replace him. And, you know, by playing the volume game, sometimes you're able to come across a guy that you like. That's not going to be mad bum, but I mean, guys come out of nowhere every year to become top 40 starting pitchers. So you might be able to accumulate um, a couple of assets that you didn't have before 
by playing that sort of game. And then yeah. maybe if Matt comes back and he's he's what you think he'll be, Nick, then you're in a situation where you've got, you know, an ace and you've got a deeper staff to go with it. Um, I, I think I would make is, is that if you're, if you've got a bench bat that um, has broken out and that you truly believe in, then I would be okay with moving a higher end offensive asset um, for, um, you know, like a top 20 type starting pitcher. Um, you know, you mentioned Quintana and Tanaka, maybe even somebody safer, maybe like a Cole Hamels, um, somebody along that line. Um, if you have the excess, that's probably the way to go. Um, now, if you're in a situation where you're pitching heavy and Bumgarner was one of your horses, I think you try to weather the storm for two weeks and see if you can find somebody off waivers. Um, Archie Bradley, Alex Wood, if he stays in the rotation, Patrick Corbin has pitched well. Jesse Hahn is another guy. All are low ownership guys with some upside. They're not going to be Madison Bumgarner, but if you've got other horses, you don't need them to be. Um, if one does not emerge, then maybe I try and ship out a high-end starting pitcher, another high-end starting pitcher on my staff to get two guys from the next tier um, that I like. So I think that those that's the strategy that I would choose to go with if I was you know, a pitching-heavy team that lost Bumgarner. I think you sort of addressed your strategy, Nick, in that you're considering yourself more of a pitching heavy team, right? Yeah, so I don't really need to make that many moves. I'm 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 at the point now where I'm going to wait it out, and of course I'll you know field offers and shoot, shoot offers out in the meantime. But um, a guy that I like, uh, you mentioned a bunch of waiver wire guys right now. I really like the way Hayao Jin Ryu looks. Um, he looked really good in his last start. He's striking out a lot of people. He's not walking anyone. And the numbers don't look great, but his first three starts were he was at Colorado. He played Colorado at home, and then he had Chicago Cubs. So other than that, he's been he's been good. And even in those games, he struck out a lot of guys and didn't walk anyone. He just gave up some home runs. So I really like him right now. I watched the entire start last game, and he looked really, really sharp. Correct me if I'm wrong. His, his velocity is ticking up too, right? A bit. Yeah, just a bit, a hair. Okay. All right. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is on the DL with a groin strain. It's being characterized as mild. We talked about him very briefly last week. What is your level of panic with regards to Miguel Cabrera on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being you're freaking out? Uh, I'm at a 1. I'm not really freaking out at all. I, I think that he – in the back of your head, everybody's thinking, all right, he is this old. There is going to be some aches and pains along the way. Um, but I don't think he's going to miss any significant time. Now, with the groin injury, that's exactly what it is. He's not going to miss any significant time. He should come back healthy, and he'll produce. So I- I'm not really worried at all. A four. I'm a little more concerned than I was last week. You know, you mentioned the fact that He's getting up there in years. He's not really even that old, but he's been around for a long time. He's got a lot of miles on, on his legs. Um, and he's not a guy who's in peak physical condition. Uh, he's always carried a little bit of extra weight. Um, 
it could be the start of a lot of nagging little things starting to add up. Could be the start of, you know, missing some time every year. Um, so I am a little concerned about that and the fact that, you know, this is now a groin issue and he had a back issue. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of little stuff and it's the type of stuff that can affect performance if it continues to hang around. Okay, Kenta Maeda might skip a start. Um, there's some chatter that he may end up in the bullpen uh, that appears mostly speculative, but it's out there. I'm assuming because you brought him up during when we talked about Bumgarner that you still view Maeda as a buy low, right? Yeah, he, he was another guy that was he was at Coors and at Chase, two of his first starts. Another one of those starts was, was against the D-backs, so he faced them twice already, and that team... We all know what they're doing right now. They're just hitting on all cylinders. So just wait it out. It's been the, the Dodgers have had a rough schedule, but um, these guys are gonna they're gonna be okay going forward. I think he's a great buy low. Yeah, I still like him as well. Um, I know they have options, and Alex Wood is pitching a gem tonight, um, and he might be headed to the bullpen. But but I think they see Meta as a starter, and. You know, you, you laid it out. I mean, he's been a little unlucky with his schedule, and even with the results that he has gotten thus far, he seems a bit unlucky. Um, you know, it seems like the ball's leaving the yard um, at a higher pace than would be sustainable. He's giving up more hits than would be sustainable. I expect him to bounce back. Felix Hernandez was pulled early, going to have his shoulder examined. They're terming it shoulder inflammation. Uh, the manager referred to it as dead arm. Panic level on Felix, 1 to 10. Oh. Once again, 10 being absolutely freaking out. Uh, 15, 20, 100, 1,000. <laughs> um, Damn, I thought so I might be the hot guy here at like 8. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's, he's done. He's finished. And I am no longer like... I, I'm no longer skeptical at all that he may have something left in the tank. He He's finished. I watched him pitch the other day. He just looked, wow, bad, bad. He looks out of shape. He was throwing hot garbage. And, I mean, listen, we, 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 we read all the regression last year and the year before. There's not really much to talk about. Just end it with this. The guy is completely done. He shouldn't be owned. Just waiver wire. Uh, I'm not picking him up. I'm not even picking him up if I see him out there. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, during pre-draft process, I was very, very down on Felix. Still am. You know, you've got the arm troubles now. You've got lots of miles. He struggled last year. There were reports in spring training that the velocity was up. I think that was the result of, you know, the new way of measuring velocity. Even with the new way of measuring velocity, it's pretty much flat year over year, which means he's down again. It's fake news. Um, only difference is that he's been in the zone more. What's fake news? That his velocity was up? Yeah. Where that, okay. I thought you are saying that the way they measure velocity is different now. No, no. Be careful when you throw around that fake news label. You got to be clear. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I did not like him at the start. I do not like him now. Uh, if I had him and he came off the DL and threw a halfway decent start, I would immediately shop him um, because. He still has a name. At least he has that. Because yeah. that was why he was being drafted inside the top 
35 or so starting pitchers. And somebody out there is going to want Felix Hernandez. Yeah, so I, that's the one plus if you have him. Someone will always buy. Yeah, and well, I said before I wouldn't pick him up. I'd probably pick him up just to ho- hope that he has two good starts out of the gate and sell him like right away. Yep, I completely agree with that. Okay, Cody Bellinger got the call. Uh, he's going to play the outfield. He's playing right now. This is his second game. Um, what percentage of fab would you spend on Bellinger? So, I, all right. So, fab is – this year I'm only in our league, and people seem to be very, very generous. So, I don't know if I have my head wrapped around the proper – I have been extremely, extremely aggressive early on. Everybody has. Um, so I've been shocked. I mean, I bid last night $10 on doll. I thought I would get him <laughs> and somebody else bid a hundred. So I was 10 times off the amount. Um, but with Bellinger, this is a special talent. Uh, the power and speed, uh, the fact that he's batting lead off of the Dodgers, the way the Dodgers have been with their prospects as of late, they've been very good at bringing up, uh, uh, you know, young guys. I think that I would probably go for a, between a quarter and a third of my full bank for Bellinger. Okay. I, he's one of my favorite prospects. Um, yeah, I, I would say more so towards a quarter. I'm not as optimistic as everybody else is that this is a full-time going-to-be-up-forever call-up. I think unless he rakes, this is going to be a cup of coffee type deal. Um, So I'm in at like 10%, but I wouldn't go higher than that in redraft. I think he's going to end up getting sent back down when Jock comes back. And if he gets sent back down, it's very easy to see the person that expended a lot of their budget dropping Bellinger. And then me being able to get him on the second go around in a redraft format. That's to say nothing of the fact that I am extremely high on this player. I own him in both of my dynasty leagues. He's got huge upside. All you have to do is check out the swing. It is unique, but it is very, very clear that he has a ton of bat speed. And when he makes contact with the ball, he is going to drive it. Um, he's also got very good play discipline. Um, so I am completely in on Cody Bellinger as a player. I just don't think the circumstances are going to play out the way that everybody thinks they are. I think sometimes we tend to be a little bit more optimistic when it comes to prospects and playing time, um, than we should be. So I'm in redraft. I'm willing to wait. Mitch Hanniger, sad day. Onto the DL. It sounds like he's going to miss about a month. Um, if you have limited DL spots, are you stashing him? And who is an outfield replacement option that you like? Yeah, uh, I, I would I would stash him for now. He's off to a good start. He's batting in a good part of that lineup. A guy that I liked out there right now is Kevin PR. He's only 21% owned, and he is money. He's off to a really good start. He's hitting home runs. He's stealing bases. Hitting for good average, just being a Kevin PR, and he's on a great lineup. Yeah, I agree. I think he's definitely shown enough Hanager, that is, of to be worthy of a DL stash, even with a 
tough injury to come back from or, or not, not to come back from, but to come back and be as productive as you were before. Um, some names I like, Corey Dickerson, 50% of Yahoo Leagues. Kevin Kiermaier, 33% of Yahoo Leagues. Josh Reddick, 11%. Whoa whoa whoa, 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 whoa. What did you say about Kevin Kiermaier? 33% ownership in Yahoo. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Nope. Please, can, do you own him? Yep. Can you drop him so I could have him? No. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what is going on in this world? Pick him up, people. Yeah, I I don't know. But wow. Kiermaier is available in 33% of leagues. Josh Reddick is available in 11% of leagues. In case you haven't noticed, over the last week, Reddick is hitting leadoff for the Astros. That's a guy you want. I don't care if he's not, you know, got the most category juice in the world. He's hitting leadoff for one of the best offenses in baseball. And a guy that I think we both like, Scott Schebler, homered twice yeah. today. He's up to seven on the season, and his ownership is 5%. So he is available everywhere, and he's regardless crushing. of how deep your league is. Um, yeah, and I think he's been a little unlucky too. So I, I think that he's a really nice bet for those of you that are desperate. Okay, Kendall Graveman set to return to the rotation tomorrow against the Angels. Are you rolling him out the first nah, time we gotta, back? We we got we got to wait with Graveman. We've seen the ugly side of Graveman, and it is. There isn't even a word I could think of to describe it. It's ugly. So let him enter the circle of trust before we roll him out, regardless of matchup. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I'm not someone that believes in the theory that you wait for everybody off the DL, except for your studs. But Graveman, I, I agree. He's he's a guy that's walked a that's that's been bad before and been a guy that can kill you. So I just would wait to see to make sure that he is still the guy he was before he went on the DL before uh, I rolled him out there. Okay, and uh, we touched on the Nats closer um, very briefly, or at least you did. Uh, Coda Glover is on the DL with a hip impingement. They have no other choice but to go to Sean Kelly, right? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I told you guys to take this guy. I told you. Him and Neris. That's two closers. I told you. Damn it. <laughs> Stop listening to me, people. All right, let's move along to our uh, buy and sell segment. So we, let's take a look at some buy low candidates, and we're going to give you an idea of whether or not we would buy them low and who we would um, trade for them. Okay. So Jonathan Lucroy, I, I can start this one off, Nick. I'm going to buy him. Uh, 200 BABIP explains a lot of his struggles. He's only paying 8% of the time. Contact is down, but it's not going towards the the soft contact column. It's going towards the medium contact problem. So it's probably just sample size noise in that sense. Um, I think it's a matter of time before he turns it around. He's on a good offense. He's going to play a bunch. And he's been mostly productive in his career when he's been healthy. Uh, what I would consider offering for him, um, I, I threw out this idea, which would be Brian McCann, who's off to a nice start in Houston, and a sweetener, um, you know, a back-end starter uh, that you got off the waiver wire, maybe like a Brandon McCarthy, uh, back-end closer like Neftali Feliz, or a 
outfielder that you grabbed at the end of your draft that's gotten off to a decent start or at least maybe got off to a really hot start and has cooled since, I, I threw out the name Manny Margot. So McCann plus a sweetener I think could get you Luke Roy, and I think you can profit from that. I like the way you say Manny Margot. You're like, Manny Margot. <laughs> All fancy. Um, I I definitely say go out and buy Luke Roy as well. A good catcher is an extremely valuable commodity. So even if you don't need one, I would still shoot some proposals out there and wait for Luke Roy to break out. You know, I'll come back to life and sell for a profit. Uh, I was thinking, how about a Ryan Zimmerman and Irvin Santana package? Zimmerman is ultimate sell right now. He's like fourth overall, and Santana's tenth overall. So I kind of like that offer. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about Zimmerman a, a little bit later, but it's a it's an okay yeah. offer, and I think it could work. But the only issue is, where's the Luke Roy team getting their catcher from? Oh, that's true. Nah, just so, your names. You, know, you probably have to throw a catcher into that deal somehow, some way. Um, okay, Kyle Seeger. Nick, you can start this one off. Would you buy him? And if so, what would you pay? Yeah, I'm definitely buying him. Uh, this is one of the more consistent players in baseball. Uh, off to a bad start on a really, really good Mariner team. You know, the Mariners are a sneaky good team like last night i played with them on the, sh- the show and like every single guy had to step up to bat i'm like jesus it just never ends the, the lineup is just stacked one through nine um and kyle seager's in the best part of that lineup so it's only a matter of time before it starts hitting again um so i have two guys here one not a third baseman i would right now trade i would offer keichel who looks phenomenal for seager but if, if you want to do a third baseman, I would probably offer Jose Ramirez. Even though I love Jose Ramirez, he's off to a really, really good start. But I just think there's a, a level, and Kyle Seeger's just above the level of Jose Ramirez. Just above it. And Jose Ramirez is off to such a good enough start that he might be able to get you the acquisition of the great Kyle Seeger. Yeah, I, I don't think that we need to throw out a guy at the same position for every one of these. Um, catcher in particular, I think you have to because, well, if one team is trading its catcher in a one-catcher league, they're probably going to want to catch it back. But with in terms of Seager, yeah, I'm buying him. Um, he's been dealing with a minor issue with his hip. They've given him a couple of days off wisely uh, to get it right. And they faced a couple of lefties, too, so I think that has something to do with it. He's off to a slow start. They don't want to, um, you know, put a hurt guy in a position where he's going to lose further confidence. Um, but he's a notorious slow starter. It's happened almost every year of his career. Last year in April, I believe he hit sub-200 throughout April. He's on pace to 200, but... He's on pace to get off to a similarly bad start this year. He hasn't homered yet. But the plate discipline is on par with uh, last year and years prior. In fact, it's better. Uh, He's walking 14% of the time. He's only striking out 18% of the time. Uh, I have no doubt that the power is in there. Um, If I was pitching Rich, I might try and trade Cole Hamels for him. Um, Michael Brantley is another guy uh, who I might offer who's off to a really, really good start. 
has some name brand value um, and it would allow me to get some risk off my books in exchange for some safety. I mean, Brantley's as risky as they come injury wise. You know what you're going to get out of Seeger. You're going to get 25, 30 bombs, 270, um, and really good counting stats. Um, so I think that that's a nice fit, and that's a good way to cash out on Brantley if you took that risk. Okay, let's talk about Mark Trumbo. Uh, I'm buying Mark Trumbo. He, there are a couple of red flags. The infield fly ball percentage is up. The homer for fly ball is way down. I did not like the draft price, but I firmly believe that Trumbo is going to end up with over 30 bombs and good counting numbers and a good offense as long as he stays healthy for the rest of, for most of the year, I should say. Um, as for candidates that I would consider trading um, away for him, Yasiel Puig is a guy that has some buzz early in the year. I'm not sure that it's totally warranted. Um, Jay Bruce does very similar things to Trumbo and is off to a very good start. He's very streaky. So, um, you know, you trade the hot streak guy for the guy that hasn't gotten hot yet, and you might skip a down period for them. Um, plus, Bruce has some playing times concerns with Conforto hitting there. Um, Pitching-wise, I, I think maybe you could go as low as a Tanner Roark. Um, to be able to get Mark Trumbull right now, which would be unthinkable at draft season, but he's been so bad at this point that the owner might be frustrated and might just want to get rid of him. Yeah, I have I have Trumbull as a major buy as well. Uh, I think a good guy to sell right now for him, and you're probably going to disagree because I think you like him a lot, is Joey Gallo. Uh, he's off to a really, really, really good start. and you I would sell I would sell Gallo for, for Trumbull, absolutely. And okay. I do like Gallo. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Gallo as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would definitely make the offer of Gallo for Trumbo. I don't know if the Trumbo owner would do that just yet, but Gallo is off to a really good start. If the, the owner of Trumbo is on the ropes, and I would maybe include David Robinson, who is off to a really good start as a closer, but will inevitably collapse. So what do you think of that offer? Joey Gallo, David Robinson for Mark Trumbo. Approved? I think that's yeah. I think that's a person buying Trumbo. Okay. Uh, let me just chime in on Gallo really quickly. Um, I I do like him a lot, but I think in redraft leagues, you his name might still carry some of the buzz from years past, as opposed to. Uh, you know, a dynasty or a keeper league, or even a league where you have every owner is very knowledgeable and is kept up with the fact that Gallo has kind of had his prospect status cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that this is a situation where you might be able to take advantage of uh, some less knowledgeable owners uh, and swipe Gallo for a much uh, more lucrative asset. Or a much more complete asset. That said, I do think Gallo needs to be owned in almost all leagues at this point. Um, his K rate has gotten under control in the last couple of weeks. It's hovering just over 30%. And if he's there, he's going to be an asset. Justin Verlander, why don't you take this one, Nick? Because this is a guy you were very high on. 
Yeah, Verlander is definitely a buy. Um, last year, if you look, he was also not very good in the first half. He wasn't this bad, but it was very up and down in the first half. He really excelled in the second half, found himself, found himself and was the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, hands down the best pitcher in baseball in the entire second half. So I'm definitely buying him. Um, and I would give up, I, I think, a really good trade and one that the Verlander owner would accept would be, I'm going to bring him up again, is Dallas Keuchel. Um, he looks really good right now. He's rolling. But I do see him regressing as the year the year goes on, and he's just not on the same level as Verlander. Verlander's going to strike out, you know, 240 guys. And you don't get that from, you're not going to get that from Keuchel or anyone else besides Kershaw and Syndergaard. I think we're going to, a little bit here. Um, with Verlander, I think it depends on the price. And to an extent, it, it depends on the price with all these guys. You're not going out and buying them. Um, regardless of what he's asking for. With Verlander, I'm assuming his owners don't want to give up, give him up at too much of a discount. I said before the year, I didn't love his price. I, I thought he was a little bit overpriced. Um, thus far, the performance indicates that may have been the case. The walks are up, the Ks are down. He's giving up a lot of hard contact. The swing strike rate is down. Um, he's got a lot of bad signs there. Um, as for what I would give up, maybe a straight trade with Tanaka, with the Tanaka owner, um, as a as a challenge trade. Maybe a package of Addison Russell if I'm weak at shortstop plus a pitcher like Drew Pomerantz maybe. Um, so you can tell by what I'm thrown out there that I think I'm a little bit lower on him than you are still. Um, I would buy, but the price would have to be at a pretty good discount for me to have interest. Okay. All right, let's move from buying low to buying high. Uh, let's talk about Ryan Zimmerman. Would you buy high on him or pass, and what would you pay? Uh, yeah, this is like the biggest pass – of the night. I'm definitely not buying Ryan Zimmerman and I'm selling him, selling him, selling him like for anything I could get right now. A reason why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's extremely injury prone. He's old. He is off to the best start of his entire career and he is 100% going to regress. So sell him. Simply to put it, put it pretty simple. With Zimmerman, there are some things that I like and there are some things that I dislike. The lift indicators are up, and what I mean is fly ball percentage, um, the, the pull percentage, the line drive percentage compared to the ground ball uh, percentage. That's despite his denial that he hasn't altered his swing, though. The results are great. He's making plenty of hard contact. His contact gains uh, are mostly out of the zone where he's swinging more despite claiming that the change that took place wasn't to get more lift into his swing, but 
swing at better pitches. So he either has no idea what he's doing or he's lying about what he's doing. Either way, he's a really tough guy to rate given the injury history, and he's a tough guy to sell to somebody. Um, yeah. But I might buy if I owned Eric Cosmer, which I don't. Um, but if I did, Zimmerman's a guy who offers or has or has begun to offer significant power upside. And if he's going to hit for that kind of power, the average might come up to right around where Hosmer, 275 or so. Um, maybe I would offer Brad Miller and try and push his eligibility, even though Miller's not off to the best start ever. Um, you know, maybe the guy's weak at second base and shortstop. And, you know, you can push Miller as a first base, second base, shortstop type. Um, or maybe a back-end starting pitcher, maybe a Jeff Samarja, maybe Ian Kennedy. Um, you know, Zimmerman should not, should not be too expensive, um, given the fact that people don't trust him. What about a... I, I think the, I think a really good deal right now would be if if I have Zimmerman, I'm trying to acquire Nick Castellanos. So you're selling? That's selling high, not buying high. Yeah, yeah, selling. Like if I own Zimmerman, I'm trying to acquire Castellanos, who isn't off to the best start, but has a 60% hard contact rate and is going to just crush. Yeah, I love Castellanos. I think that he is definitely a buy-low target, even though he was not in the segment tonight. Um, guy just looks like a pure hitting machine. I think he's going to have a huge, huge year. Huge. Okay, uh, Chris Owings. I'm lukewarm on Owings, much like I was with Zimmerman. He's got some good stuff going on. He's got a great line drive rate. He's healthy, finally, after a couple of years where he was banged up with shoulder problems. He's running. He's in a good lineup. He's in a good ballpark. Um, but a lot of his value is being derived from a BABIP that's unsustainable. There's nothing spectacular about his plate discipline. He's not walking a lot. He's still probably striking out too much for a guy with light power. Um, he's got a high infield fly ball rate, which is not reflected in the BABIP. Uh, which is further reason to believe that that's going down. If I needed shortstop or speed, I, I might trade a back-end closer, a guy like um, K-Rod. I mentioned Feliz earlier. Maybe even a Rysel Iglesias if I really wanted to get um, – if I was really secure in my other closers, I might trade Iglesias. Um, maybe I have some excess power. Maybe I've got a Jonathan Scope. Um, and I want speed in the middle infield, so I make that deal. It's tough to find a fit for Owings. I, I doubt the owner takes those offers. Um, maybe a challenge trade, maybe a Travis Shaw or a, the aforementioned Ryan Zimmerman for Owings. If you have the excess power and you want um, Owings speed and versatility at short and in the outfield. Um, but that's really more buying on par value than it is buying high. So what do you make of Chris Owings, Nick? Are you buying him high? No, I'm not buying him. Um, Owings is Owings is a is a good like like he will produce on your team. He'll be a contributor, but 
the 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 power and speed just isn't that good for me. Like, I mean, he's he's off to a really good start, but two home runs, five steals. Yeah, it's good. It's Brandon Phillips is doing the same thing, and uh, you know, I I don't at the end of the day, if Owings, let's just say, plays one fifty, I don't think there's any way he he goes over like. 15 home runs, 25 steals, which is really, really good. But like, that's like best, 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 best case scenario. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not buying Owings, but I do like the player. He gets on base. He's on a really good lineup, but I, I, it would have to be a minimal acquisition. Okay. I think we're both on the same page when it comes to Chris Owings. Yeah. Why don't you start us off on Aaron Judge? Oh my God! Wow, this guy looks so good right now. Uh, the price is steep, though. Whoever owns him is just reaping all the benefits, um, and it's going to be tough to pry him away. But I have a question for you. Yep. If you own Judge and I own Zach Britton. Hmm. Would you give me Judge for Zach Britton? Right in this moment. You would. I'm asking, right in this moment. Yeah, right now with, with, with the not, situation. Britton yes. not off the DL. Yes. Or if you had Britton, would you offer him for Judge? I would not do that, and I would not do either. Um, Britton has already started his rehab work. He's on his way back. Um, I still think that Judge has some stuff to prove. There are some red flags. Even though I'm buying him, um, I am a little concerned about the fact that he struggled against fastballs, and he seems to be crushing, breaking stuff, um, which is kind of the reverse of what you would expect. But that's kind of I have concerns about the swing. Okay. And I worry that it's too slow through the zone and he won't be able to catch up to high-end velocity, um, which could be a major problem. But I don't want to sound like I'm down on Judge. I am buying him. Um, He's shown major discipline improvements. The swinging strike rate is way down. The K percentage is way down. There is no questioning the power. He's in a great ballpark for power. Um, he does hit the ball on the ground a little more than I would like to see, given his skill skills. But if he's, you know, he's got that kind of no doubt power that he's going to carry a pretty high homer to fly ball rate. So it's not the end of the world. That he doesn't hit the ball in the air all the time. Um, I, if I could withstand the average hit, I would trade a player like Lorenzo Kane. Um, a couple of other guys I would consider. Um, Albert Pujols is one who's off to a slow start, who I have some doubts about. Um, I think I would Wait, feel comfortable swapping him for Aaron Judge. You would trade Pujols for Judge right now? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but I really think Aaron Judge is like the second coming of John Carlos Stanton. I really do. I think he's that good. I think the power is that crazy. I mean, he's got 
it's we're in the first month of baseball. He's got a 460 foot home run. He's got a 450 foot home run, and he has a 435 foot home run. <laughs> I mean, he's just when he makes contact, it is in, it's insane. Well, I saw I saw a, a stat, and I and I don't know. I don't want to quote the stat, but let me just say it's like a paraphrasing. But Judge has six of the ten hardest hit balls of the year so far. Yeah, that's, that's in terms that's of exit velocity. I mean, if there's anything that a takeaway, like like a ne- negative, is, is that all his, uh, his home runs came off of Antonio Bestardo, Dylan Covey, Derek Holland, Erasmo Ramirez, um, Alex Cobb, and then Michael Givens. So not any really good pitching in there. Although I do like Michael Givens, but I mean, everyone else. I was about is to kinda, say Givens to say. Yeah, everyone else is kind of eh, but. The, the, the distance is Everything. very, very encouraging. The power is so real. So would you trade Kane and Pujols? Kane That's or Pujols? I, I, like, I like Pujols is a, is a nice safety player. Uh, you prob- I, I probably would. I, I probably would. I think the, the power upside, I really think he could hit like 35 home runs this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, last guy, Ivan Nova. Um, I'm not going to buy high on Ivan Nova. He's not striking anyone out, um, and the Pirates are struggling defensively. So if you're a pitch contact guy with bad defense behind you, not the best fit. Um, I normally like command and control types, and Nova's the type of guy who can, you know, get through five innings in 50 pitches because just grounders, 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 grounders. But when that defense is struggling behind him, it's just going to be base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit. Um, so I, that is that is a major concern of mine. And when the Ks don't follow those base hits, that leads to runs. It leads to whip problems. It leads to ERA problems. So – I'm gonna pass on Nova. If I if I if he was on the table and I had to make an offer, I mean I think I would throw out somebody like I don't even know because I think that I think the <laughs> Nova owner would laugh at me at this point. So I, I can't yeah. even give you a name. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, there are definitely some issues right now. The league's batting has a 2.47 BABIP that should come up. The FIP is 3.02 over a two ERA. Um, he, the good thing is he's not walking anyone whatsoever, like at all. But the defense has taken a shot with Marte being suspended. I mean, that's probably their best defensive player. Um, yeah, I, I'm not buying. Yeah, but the infield the, defense is the problem. I mean, more so, more so it's, than it's, even the outfield yeah, defense. Well, the infield defense is really where they've been yeah, bad. Yeah, I, I agree. But when you couple that with losing their best defensive player, now there's a real problem. I mean, they're going to move McCutcheon. They move McCutcheon center field. It, it's a different. It's a different defense with Marte not being there. He's he's a game changer on defense. So that's a big. It's like it's almost like you know the Rays losing Kiermaier, not to that extent, but it's close to it. Marte's really good in the outfield. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm not buying. I'm not buying. I'm just not buying. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Let's move away from buying and let's talk some selling. 
Oof, Let's discuss some um, potential sell-high candidates. And much like last week, we here's where we're going to talk about Eric Thames again. Um, would you sell high or hold Eric Thames? And what would you sell him for? Okay. So I have an offer in front of me, and you're going to – I wonder what you're going to think about it. I'm really, really curious. I couldn't decide. I'm like, wow, I wonder what Pat's going to think about this. So if I own Thames, which I can't even believe I'm saying that because I should own him. I had him ranked 80 spots higher than anyone on God's Green Earth, but we had some little weasel in our league sneak up and steal him from me. <laughs> uh, I'm still upset every day by it because is there anyone more fun to watch right now in baseball than Thames? He is just – he is insane. Uh, but all right. So right now, would you trade Thames for D.L. Miguel Cabrera? Yes. Okay. But that's a really interesting deal, correct? Yes. All and right. I'm glad that you brought that up because I am I, – I, I wrote about Thames and I don't really see any flaws in what he's doing aside from – an out-of-this-world homer to fly ball rate. He makes a ton of hard contact. He's got good plate discipline. He walks. His swing and miss rate is actually pretty low compared to his strikeout rate, which means it could come down further. He's in a good lineup. He's in a good ballpark. There is a lot to like here. Um, I don't think the market is going to be there for you to sell themes. So I think that this makes it an easy decision. Um, if you're taking a look at, I mean, basically what I did with themes was I kind of redid my projection for him based upon what we've seen thus far. And I, I didn't bank the production he's already made, but I went back like if the season started over again, what I would project him for based on what I know now. Mm -hmm. And I put him at about 35 homers. Um, I kept the steals about the same, which were eight, and I bumped his average up to 275 uh, with the OPS going into the mid to upper eights. Um, so with that, and then I took that, and then I took out the games that have been played already, which is about 20 games. So you're looking at about, what, one-eighth of the season? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, for the rest of the season, that would come to – 29 homers for themes, eight steals, 275, 865 OPS. Mm -hmm. That is a second round caliber player. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to get a second round player for themes. Uh, I just don't. I mean, you're talking about Charlie Blackman. You're talking about Robinson Cano. Um, you're talking about Edwin Encarnacion, but I don't even know if I would trade him for Edwin Encarnacion at this point. Wow. Um, Encarnacion has his own issues. See, I have, got... him, I have him right here on my list of with the line, like where is the line, and Encarnacion is the line. Yeah, Encarnacion is definitely a guy that jumped out to me. At first, I said to myself, I would deal him for Encarnacion. And the more I've thought about it, and I took a look at Encarnacion, I don't know about that. I mean, wow. Encarnacion has the strikeout rate problem now. And if he's 
going to have a higher strikeout rate and he's going to swing and miss more. He's he's like a 265 hitter with like an 18, 19% strikeout rate. If his strikeout rate is 25% or higher, you're looking at a 230 hitter. Yeah, I, I don't know. We've seen this before with K rates go up with people switching teams. Uh, Upton had this issue last year. I think Anacanacion will be fine. If I'm the team, the Thames owner... I think they'll be fine too, but it doesn't mean that I would sell Thames for right. him. All right, I have a question for you. Here's, here's another deal. Here's another really interesting deal. I think the Miggy deal is really good, by the way. Um, and I I would make that deal. I would sell Thames for Miggy. 100%. Um, all right. Thames, you package Thames and Granky for Joey Votto. Would you make that deal? Would you give Granky and Thames for Votto? I would, but I would try and go lower with the other piece. But you would? Yes. Okay, me too. Um, Votto is the one guy in that range. Yeah. That's really struggling, um, other than Encarnacion, or at least is struggling on the face of the numbers. So he is the buy low to Thames's sell high. Mm -hmm. um, and we were both not only higher on Thames than a lot of people, we were also higher on Votto than a lot of people. Yes. So I'm not surprised that we both feel that way. But at the end of the day, I think the outcome is – Unless you can get a second-round caliber player for Eric Thames, you do not sell him. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. Uh, Depends. I don't know. It's tough. Chris, all right. So if you have Thames, are you selling him for Christian Yelich right now? Absolutely not. No way. Okay. So that's not a second-round talent. Yeah, I'm not selling Thames for Christian Yelich. Yeah, but you said that you you have to get second round talent or better, correct? For Thames, yeah. Yeah, well, and Christian Yelich is not a second round talent. I just said I wouldn't do that deal. Oh, oh, oh no! So you wouldn't you wouldn't take Yelich? No. Oh wow! <laughs> all right, all right, okay. I said no. I said absolutely not. Isn't it amazing what m one month of baseball has done? Well, I, I I think I, I it's it's. I, I want to I want to clarify this. It's not just one month of baseball. It has to do with the confirmation of what we thought could happen with Eric yeah. Thames. Um, if you were a believer yeah. in Thames, you probably had him ranked somewhere between one fifty and one hundred. Yep. And that was based on the idea that he could be a top 50 or a top 75 player. And now we have gone through a month and we have seen him excel. And we know that that expectation is not only possible, but maybe probable. And there might be another level above even what our expectations were. So it's not just one month of baseball it's there were these there were projection systems there were scouts there was 
theorizing and thought that went into his ranking, and now we have seen him, and it has confirmed what we thought. Would you trade him for Carlos Correa? No. <laughs> Me neither. We, I, I told you people about this friggin' guy. He's not that good. God. All right. Let's move on. We love right. Dames. Yes. That is evident. And I'm sure we are going to be the only podcast that is going to tell you not to sell him for Carlos Correa. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. If someone – So if, if, that's if, it. <laughs> if any analyst heard that sentence that we just said, forget it. They have our heads. But they're going to keep buying Correa at a, a top-end price when he's just not worth it. But go ahead. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Starling Castro. I will – I'll take this one first. For Castro, there's some good and there's some bad here. You got a 396 BABIP that's going to come down. Um, he's a little low on the hard contact, a little too high on the soft contact. Some of that's due to an infield fly ball problem. Um, it looks like he's aiming for more fly balls now. He's got a ground ball to fly ball rate under one, which means he's hitting more fly balls than ground balls, um, which is a good indicator for power. Castro might be transforming himself into a Jonathan Scope clone. Um, with better plate discipline, which is intriguing. Um, a potential sell high target for Castro that jumps immediately to my mind is DJ LeMayu. Um, hitting at the top of the lineup in cores, uh, the average has started to come around. Um, I'm not a big believer in his power, but he's going to run more than Castro. And in cores, I can see 10 home runs. Uh, Matt Carpenter is another guy I am very, very high on with eligibility to spare and a player that's, uh, that's going to hit 25 homers, I think still, um, and gets on base a ton and is going to have good run production once the Cardinals get going. Um, I doubt the owners of those players would do those deals. Um, so I think you're probably going to end up holding Castro because he's sort of in that vast middle that exists right now in fantasy baseball, um, where it's kind of tough to separate players. So it's kind of tough to trade Castro to go up a tier is, is really what I'm saying. Um, but I think that he could be potentially be a piece in a deal for a player like Trumbo. Um, he could be, um, you know, maybe him and Zimmerman get you Trumbo. Um, so with Castro, I feel like no matter what he does, he doesn't get respect. I, I spoke about him a couple of times this year about his 2016 season and how it was really just completely forgotten on draft day. Um, you know, he was very productive. He had 21 home runs. He batted 270. He had a 733 BABIP. And that was – and he had four steals. And that was batting at the end of that lineup. Um, 733 OPS, you mean. What did I say? BABIP. I don't think that's Sorry. accurate. Yeah, no, seven, yeah, seven thirty-three OPS. Um, yeah, so I, I really like him, and I would just sit on him. Uh, of course, you're me and you. We're always fielding offers, sending proposals, just to see what we could get. But with Castro, roll with him for the year. He's going to be a nice second baseman for you. He's going to get you some pop. He's going to get you a couple of steals. 
I think the steals can go up from four, which is what he had last year. I think it's something that I think we could see him get to five plus, which then now we're talking. Now it's got some juice. Um, but still, even with this hot this hot start, you're not going to get really a good return. He's just that kind of guy. Uh, if I owned Castro now, um, I'm offering him and a back end starter for Madison Bumgarner. I think this is where a good line for Mad Bum could start. Uh, Castro, package him along with a Robbie Ray for Madison Bumgarner. I I think he's a good guy to move in that deal because, you know, he could make up for his counting stats on waivers. What do you think about that that deal? Castro, Robbie Ray for Mad Bum. I think that's a good deal for the person getting Mad Bum. Okay. Um, I like... If you're the and Mad I don't Bum think, owner, and, I, and I actually don't think Ray is a bad target for the Mad Bum owner either. So if I you're, don't hate the deal for them. I, I'm just not quite – I mean, even though I, I, I can see that there's some growth from Castro, I'm still not his biggest fan because I think he's not extraordinary at second base. Okay. Uh, I just want to chime in with some breaking news before we do Jose Ramirez. Um. It seems as though Sean Manaya left tonight's start with shoulder tightness. Yikes. That's not a good sign. Um, yeah, not good, especially after the way he's looked this year. So there was there was an issue, and now we know there is an issue. Yeah. We, we, you should keep your eyes on that one. Um, you know, we've mentioned plenty of waiver wire targets tonight, so I think they would all apply for Manaya if he went on the DL. Yep. Okay, Jose Ramirez. Um He's looking like another player that bought, bought into the swing change philosophy. Um, he's dramatically, he's seeing dramatically more fly balls, which has turned into power output early in the season. I think because he's hitting more fly balls, the average might come down from a 290, 300 to about 270, 275. But if the homers go from 10 to 20 mm-hmm. or 10 ish to 20 ish, um, you're, gonna take that dip in average uh, with the eligibility he's an extremely attractive asset uh, you know he's got second he's got third he's got outfield I think I hold unless somebody blows my doors off yeah if somebody's gonna come and offer me a player like Chris Archer or Brian Dozier or AJ Pollock yeah I'll take it but um, I think that Ramirez is a guy that's was going around pick 100 who if you redrafted today would be going inside the top 60. Yeah, I absolutely am in love with Jose Ramirez. I always have been. I liked him years ago before he even came up. I hope you remember that. You probably won't give me credit for it. You never do. But uh, I I love the player. When you have a guy with this good a contact profile start hitting homers, things could get really interesting. Um, So – and and he's got the speed. Uh, You know, with his build, I don't think he's really ever going to be – a guy that could steal like closer to 30, but I do think he'll be in between like 15 and 25, which is a really healthy range. If he's hitting obviously, you know, 20 plus home runs. So I, 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 I'm so high on him. I am so, so crazy, crazy, crazy high on him. I'm holding him. I'm barely selling him for anything. And I think this is a guy like Castellanos who could break out into like, another stratosphere give me a name that you would sell him for all right 
I wouldn't sell him for cargo. So that, I'm in. I'm in that. My mind goes to that ADP range. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade him for Christian Yelich. Uh, where would the line start? I'll tell you the truth. I wouldn't would you trade him, trade him for Yoenis Cespedes? No, and I wouldn't trade him for Edwin Encarnacion. That's how. That's wow. crazy. Yeah, that's I love. I love him. Like I, I just. Like I said, a guy with this good a contact profile starts hitting for power. The 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 possibilities are endless. I would trade him for Votto, yes. I would trade him. I wouldn't trade him for Charlie Blackman. I would not trade Jose Ramirez for Charlie Blackman. Wow. Okay. Well, you are on a different level than me when it comes to Jose Ramirez, and okay. I felt so, as though I was high. The, um, the the line for me is Will Myers. I I trade Will Myers for Jose Ramirez. I trade Jose Ramirez for Will Myers. Okay. I'm lower, okay. but still high on Jose Ramirez. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> okay. Uh, last sell high guy, Gio Gonzalez. I think you would find it tough to find a buyer for Gio um, because he's a veteran. Uh, he's perceived as being boring, and he's got some flaws. The control has always been kind of iffy, um, but – I think maybe you could flip Gio for a guy like Gossman. Um, that's a deal I would do. Or maybe Gio and a non-zero sweetener, uh, maybe like Starlin Castro, can get you to Danny Salazar. Hmm, that's a good deal. Those are the types of deals that I would look at. But I want to stress that I still really like Gio, and what I saw in the offseason has carried over. Uh, the power is still there. Uh, not the power, the, the, the K's, the K's are still there. Uh, the ground balls are still there. Um, he was a little bit unlucky last year. And I think that he's going to continue to produce as a mid threes ERA type that can give you eight and a half K's per nine and not kill you in the home run column because he keeps the ball on the ground. Yeah. I've never really been a fan of, of Geo, uh, just because of the walks, I, I can't, I can't stand pitchers who walk guys. So I, I'm trying to sell, but like you said, he's the kind of guy like Castro. I don't think, even if he threw two no hitters in a row in the next two starts, it would still be hard to to find value. Um, but I would make a push with Geo for a package for Danny Duffy, who's off to a bad start after a career year, and where a lot of analysts had said that you know he may regress this season so maybe they're a little scared i would try and push for a duffy upgrade and package geo with someone else i like that uh i like that suggestion duffy was a guy i was looking at too okay so low and here he is mr edward Encarnacion. man of the hour <laughs> we've talked about Encarnacion a lot tonight right and we've hinted at it there's a little bit to be concerned about here K-rate is way up. The contact percentage is way down. Historically, Encarnacion is a slow starter, so I am personally holding out hope that that's all this is. He's got to get the K-rate up, though, because if not, the average is going to go way down. It's going to go like 240s, 230s, because he's never been a good BABIP guy because he hits a lot of fly balls. With the caveat yeah, uh, that I still like him, I am listening on him. The offense is great. 
but the contact issues combined with the change in locales, Cleveland is a worse place to hit for power than Toronto, have me a little uneasy. If someone came knocking on my door with a Chris Davis package plus, you know, maybe Mike Moustakis is a player I threw in there. So Chris Davis and Mike Moustakis, I think I might pull the trigger if I needed the boost at corner infield or utility. Um, maybe Chris Davis and Jamison Tyone if I needed the pitching boost. Um, how, about, how about Chris Davis, Jose Peraza? If I needed the speed, yeah. That's what I think. That's what I think the ideal package is for Edwin Encarnacion at this point. I think it's Chris Davis plus a category booster. Yeah. Um. See, I like that deal regardless whether he's off to a good start or a bad start. Th- th- his start right now has me looking at Encarnacion in the same way I looked at him last year and every other year. I have no worry whatsoever. Uh, we've seen players switch teams and have crazy K rates. We saw it last year in Justin Upton, who was at like 47% in the first two months of the season when he went to Detroit. Um, and I think we've seen it now in Encarnacion, who, you know, he's just not comfortable in in Cleveland yet. I mean, he's been a Blue Jay his entire career. Let's let him get settled in. It's still well, just. He hasn't a- been a Blue Jay his entire career. Well, although, sorry, he was a Red. Um, but. Yeah. But most of his career, and and for for you know the most the last you know six, successful seven, portion of his career, yes, um, he, you know he's not a guy who strikes out this much. I think we both agree that the K rate is going to come down. The K rate is going to come down, and I don't know. I I just I really like Encarnacion. The 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 the, the OBP is still really good. He's getting on base at you know three forty five right now. Uh, it's just a matter of time before he breaks out. I really like the lineup. I think this lineup right now is better than the Blue Jays lineup, and I, he's he's a definite hold. Do not sell whatsoever, unless it's for Jose Ramirez. So you so you wouldn't do the Chris Davis deals? No, but I would because I love combo got like that combo package like that's what that, that was my first my first and second round pick last year was davis gordon and i look at peraza like a d gordon so i love partic- those two guys in particular throw throw another scenario at me like chris davis castro i wouldn't do yeah okay but what about davis tyone and davis moustakis but davis moustakis no because i hate moustakis davis tyone <laughs> still not buying moustakis despite the seven bombs already no okay. Davis Tyone, maybe I really like the stuff, but probably not. Actually, okay, probably not. Peraza gives okay, you elite so, juice in, in steals. So, so can we can we agree that we're both concerned enough about Encarnacion that we would consider selling him? But he's not. You have to sell him right now. Yeah, kind of. I'm not. I'm. I'm not concerned at all. But I'm always selling. If you approach me with a deal like this, then I'm making it. So I, no, I'm. I'm not concerned whatsoever. I'm really not. Okay. All right, Rugnetto Door, Nick. Why don't you kick this one off? Yeah, it's pretty much. This is the same situation as, um, Encarnacion, except there were some signs that he may regress this year. So this one you could get. A little worried about, 
and I'll tell you right now, the analysts are definitely going to have you thinking that there's something to worry about, which is a good thing. I, on the other hand, believe Odor is a guy that's going to continue to, um, you know, play, uh, be a really high caliber caliber player, while the fan graphs may insinuate he will regress and will regress, and they'll keep saying that they'll they'll always be skeptics. But I, I just love the player. I love the power. Uh, I like the lineup. Uh, Balshay should be coming back soon, and Chu uh, is starting to heat up. Uh, Andrus is playing well right now. I, I, I just—it's—it's it's the first month of baseball. Let him get settled in. No panic whatsoever. Hold him. Don't sell him. He'll be fine come June. Well, just a bit of news. The Fernando Rodney implosion is happening right now. He's giving what do him- you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there's no news there. You don't even have to announce it. I know. It's just – it's so obvious. <laughs> is, it, is it in epic proportion? Yes. He's given – he had a two-run lead. He's given up – he's gotten one out in the ninth and given up three runs to the Padres. How is he still a thing? Like how are you – how do you own a team and you're like, all right, we need somebody. Let's go out and get – some Fernando Rodney. Mm. <laughs> <Stupid>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Odor. Yeah. Um, listen, Odor is – you have to remember he's 23 years old. Uh, first of all, it's it's insane. He has a track record in the major leagues of being a very successful player and is still only 23 years old. Um, he's hitting a lot of fly balls and – that led to some success last year, and this year he's even upped it even more. Um, so I think the power is going to be there. I just think this is just luck and variance and small sample size coming into play here. Mm. He's got a high infill fly ball rate. The homer fly ball is down, and the BABIP has cratered the average. Um, admittedly, Odor is not a player that walks a lot, but he doesn't have a K problem at the same time. So... I'm not terribly worried about him. I think that he's going to turn it around. I think he's going to be high 20s homers, 270-ish average uh, with 10, 15 steals. I would not put him on the block or sell him unless somebody was willing to pay full freight for him. Yeah. Um, so I, I may have I may have surprised you with that one, Nick, because I know he's not my typical player, but – uh, he's young, he's got a track record, and I don't see any reason why his skills would fade at this point. Okay. All right, Ian Desmond. I'll take this one. I would definitely sell Desmond right about now, right before he comes back, because yep. his value is going to be very high. Um, he's coming off a hand injury, and that can wreak havoc on a hitter's skills. That lineup is crowded. There's already talk that Desmond's going to play the outfield when he first comes back instead of first base. That can screw with the player's head. They've got David Dahl coming back. Reynolds is hot. Gerardo Parra is hanging around. If I needed a runs and average boost, Adam Eaton looks like a great you know, one-for-one swap. Maybe Adam Jones. Oh, I have, um, such, maybe, I have such a good one. Maybe a struggling Jose Abreu. Um, maybe Matt Carpenter plus a sweetener. People are going to go nuts for Desmond. They were going to go nuts for him pre-draft. 
He's a rocky. Hell, if I could get cargo straight one on one for Desmond, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, without a doubt. So, I mean, those are the types of names I think you can throw out there for Desmond. Um, and people might be willing to pay it because they go nuts for power speed guys. And they are going to overlook the injury because, of course. Yeah, I, I completely agree, agree with you. Uh, I'm not going to add much except that I have, like, the perfect guy right now uh, where, like, the perfect sweetener for a deal. I want to hear it. All right, so you trade Desmond for your bigger name. So, like, let's say a um, give me like a a hundred a hundred ish ADP guy. Um, can't do Jose Ramirez; he's too hot right now. Um, how about Adam Eaton? Adam Eaton, perfect. All right, so Ian Desmond for Adam Eaton and the sweetener Cesar Hernandez. Nice, uh, like. All right, so I, we're not going to talk about him tonight. I'm going to mention him real quick. He's a guy that I owned last year and I loved. You stole him from me this year. I had a, I, I wanted him that night that you picked him up. This guy is so good. He is such a good natural hitter. He is going to be really, really good. I look at him and I see like like in all offseason, I'm like, oh, double, a double, a double. A double's going to go 20-20 and do this, that, and the other thing. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at Caesar and I'm like, hmm. This guy is very, very, very similar to Adubel Herrera and could wind up being a better player overall. I'm, like, obsessed with him. The contact profile is phenomenal. He hits lefties, he hits righties, all over the field, spreads the ball around, short swing, could lengthen it for power, steals bases, good average, OBP, OPS. If you have Desmond, target the team that has Hernandez. Find a, a better player, but make sure that he's thrown in on the deal because he's going to give you – he's just going to be awesome this year. I love him. I got another guy too, um, Piscotti. Oh, please. Don't stop Piscotti love right now. <laughs> we'll go on a rant. This will be an all-night okay. show. Yeah, but okay. yes, Let's... yes, 100%. That, and you know what? That's a perfect straight-up deal. If I own Desmond, I'm trading him. I'm, mm, I don't know if – straight. You got to get more, but I, if it's Piscotti Hernandez, oh my that's God, I'm saying, yeah. that's heaven. That's, looking for that, like... that's like a heavenly deal. I'm like floating and, and flying, like <laughs> just looking down on my computer like, hey, we made it. We did it. We're going to win. It's like the best ever. Best deal I ever heard in my life. All right. Let's, uh, let's move to weekend DFS so that way we can uh, help everybody out getting their yeah. lineup set. Okay. So Saturday. Um, my three guys are Nick Castellanos, who we've mentioned a bunch on this podcast, taking on lefty Derek Holland and oh Chicago God. Side. Oh, my God. Outfielder God. A.J. Pollock taking on Tyler Anderson at home uh, and the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Fulmer also taking on the Chicago White Sox and Derek Holland. Oh, I like that. Um, all right, so I'm I'm gonna put a circle next to Castellanos. Uh, I just wrote it down. I'm definitely gonna put him in my lineup. I'm gonna mention guys. I always do guys that are a little bit cheaper so that you could just you know fill the rest of your lineup in with you know the best players in baseball, Trout, et cetera, et cetera. But I I love the Castellanos pick. That's gonna be money that game. Uh, yep. I have I have um, Chase Headley still extremely cheap off to a scorching start. He's facing Ubaldo Jimenez. This is a no brainer. No brainer. 
Um, so if you have to choose between Headley and Castellanos, oh my God, that's a head scratcher. I'm going. I'm giving the nod to Headley because he's been like God to start the season. Um, a really cheap pitcher. I really like Brandon McCarthy, who's going to be dirt, dirt cheap. He's at home at LA versus the Phillies. He's been really good this year in limited time. Give him the nod. Take a chance. The price will be worth it. Another pitcher you could choose between the two. So I'm going to give you two guys. Is So you choose between McCarthy or Mike Leak. Leak has also been up to a really, really good start. 0.88 whip right now. He's facing um, – uh, who are the Cardinals facing? I don't have it in front of me. It's not a good team, though. I think it's the Padres, but I'll get back to you in a second. So, no, I think it's the Reds. The Reds. Okay, so there you go. Uh, so you could choose between Leak and McCarthy or start them both and just go with an insane, criminally good offense. Yeah, I like those picks. I'm The only one I'm not crazy about is Headley. I would definitely go with Castellanos over Headley. Really? Um, but I – Love Nick Castellanos. I like have Dude, posters I, of him up in my room. <laughs> I know I love him too, but Headley's been so good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy Headley. And... All right, let's let's flip the uh, let's flip the day to Sunday. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. I am not somebody that normally pays up for starting pitching, but I'm paying up for Clayton Kershaw on Sunday. Definitely. Who's he facing? Facing the Phillies at home and. Nick Pavetta is making his first career start. Oh, so Dick Pavetta. I, Nick Pavetta. Okay. I definitely think that Kershaw is going to get the win there, and he can overpower a Phillies lineup that is young and improving, but still not special. It's going to be like twelve thousand five hundred for. Him. I don't care. I think he's going much. to be amazing. Okay. Too much. Go ahead. My other players are Rugnet Odor, who we've talked about tonight. Off to a slow start. I think he'll be somewhat inexpensive. At home against JC Ramirez and the LA Angels. Mm-hmm. And then Travis Shaw at home against Mike Fultonevich and Atlanta. Hmm. Uh, all right. For Sunday, I have. Um... Ty blocks who Ty block Ty block who is off to a really good start. One point zero three whip gets the Padres uh, at home. They're in San Fran. Um, it's a good matchup. My other two. So I have here basically everyone involved in the Indians versus Mariners game. Um, but I just saw Felix is going to the DL, so he's not going to pitch. Uh, but still, it's going to be Tomlin. Versus the Mariners, and I think the Mariners are going to end up throwing out some other shitty pitcher. So the guys that I had, uh, Guillermo Heredia is going to face Tomlin. He's going to be super cheap, and he is crushing right now, and he's batting second on that lineup. So I'm guessing like DraftKings price, he's going to be like 2600 2500 Definitely a guy to keep your eye on. He had another good night tonight. Um, and Michael Brantley, I had him as my second guy facing, um, uh, Felix, but Felix now isn't going to be pitching, but even, even though I I would, I would check who's pitching that game and Brantley might still be a good start because he's still relatively cheap and he's off to a really, really good start. I think it's Chase Dijon. Yes. So Michael Brantley, yes. Start him. 
You see, but it's funny. So now you've thrown out Ty Block. If you put Ty Block together with Kershaw, that's nah. going to come out to like $9,000 pitchers. Do you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I took Kershaw the other day, and I'll never do it again. He, he it was it was it was the matchup of the century him versus the Padres. I, I just I don't believe in it. In DFS, you got to go with cheap K guys. Like Lance McCullers is a perfect DFS guy, but you know, he got murdered today, but I'm just saying like you got to go with the cheap K guys. That's <laughs> that's that's the way to go in DFS. Robbie Ray, like Robbie Ray is like the best DFS player ever. Francisco Liriano. Yeah, but he's never cheap. Um, okay, all right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. Um, we are done with the DFS talk. We are the Fantasy World Order. You can check out the website fworder.com. We have articles um, between two and three a week going up. Uh, we should be updating our rankings uh, shortly, probably with the turn of the calendar to May. We will have. Um, a rankings update for the rest of the season up shortly thereafter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Patrick FWO. Nick, where can they find you on Twitter? Nick FWO. And I just want to, real quick before we go, give you a final line on Fernando Rodney tonight. 0.2 innings pitched, six hits, five runs, five earned runs, one strikeout, 24 pitches. Good job, Fernando. You must That's have the best Fernando Rodney. That's Fernando Rodney in a nutshell, right there, man. Yeah, we need to we need to like do business with his agent because he's like <laughs> the smartest man in the world. <laughs> it's the truth. All right, Fernando, thank you for uh, keeping us laughing and smiling at your ineptitude, <laughs> and uh, we will see everyone next week. Thanks a lot. Peace out. <laughs>